three, two, one. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the newest edition of the Swoop Radio Station here. It's your boy, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with Brandon Queen. Brandon, give a quick little shout out. Talk a little bit about your podcast on Anchor and also talk about what you do for a living. Good morning, podcast world. Um, As he said, I'm Brandon, and I have a podcast over at The Ear, and it's spelled E.A.R. Which stands for Evangelical and Reformed. And over at that podcast, we talk about Christian topics. And right now I'm doing a season on prayer. And exactly 41 minutes ago, I posted um, my newest episode called Pray Like This. So you guys go and check that out. Um, so during my free time, I'm a cop. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I work as a full-time deputy for Lafourche Parish Sheriff's Office and I am actually approaching my four-year anniversary on March 25th. So that's been good. Um, I'm currently in school for criminal justice. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, now, now that's <laughs> awesome that like, like I like, I always wanted to, I'm always interested in like a cop's point of view with, especially like we talk about like with society and stuff like that and how cops have had like a bad rap. But um, real quick, I know you wanted to talk about some cases that you have discovered. So um, describe to me one of the cases that you had. Um, one of the cases was actually two days ago. Um, we go and obviously I can't give names or anything like that. Of course. But we, uh, we responded to this complaint of a mental patient that was throwing a chair um, and being violent toward one of his workers. Okay. And they called us. And my response is usually, what are we supposed to do? You know, like, we're not equipped to handle mental patients mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You know, so when, I mean, we go obviously to see if we can try to calm them down. And, you know, we do have different things that we can try to do to get them to cooperate. So I get there, and the, the kid is outside, and you can tell he took his medicine because he's having a hard time standing up obviously Mm -hmm. Uh, pretty drugged up but the worker was like yeah y'all gotta take him we don't want him and I'm like who are you and and I'll be honest the the kid was white and the guy was black so I'm like is this your friend you know or whatnot but he's like no we his worker yada 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 and I'm like well if you're his worker you're supposed to know how to deal with this kind of stuff and you shouldn't call us He's like, well, y'all got a ticket and y'all have to arrest him. And I'm like, I can't arrest this kid, you know, based on his mental status. Like, this is normal for him. You know, and you guys are supposed to do it. But basically, since I've been with the agency, I have worked close to 52, actually probably more, but close to 52 cases that dealt with mental patients, either if it's a disturbance with the mental patient or a regular complaint with the um, mental patient. And it's been, it's kind of one of those cases that you, you're iffy about. You don't know how to go about handling it, you know, Mm -hmm. because we're not medical professionals, you know, we're not mental doctors, if you will. Yeah. You know, so, but I see it a lot. We got people that are on drugs that you know, they just destroy themselves. We have uh, parents that are getting a divorce that can cause mental stress on their children. 
uh, I see that a lot. Um, it's either, it's like mother against father, father against mother. We go put the child in the middle just to make it worse. Uh, mm-hmm. Divorce is another um, mental stressor. Uh, so we see it from our perspective, but there's not much we can actually do. Yeah, and yeah, and, and that and that's what makes it really tough. Again, like you you're seeing what's going on, and you're seeing all these like common problems, like you said, like divorce is a main cause of uh, men, of like mental illness occurring, or it could be like an outside factor. Any outside factor can affect someone mentally. And it's just like, what can you do about it? Now, like, what steps have, like, you done with, like, your experience with the with over 50 cases to at least try and get, an, uh, get like, an understanding of uh, what's going on mentally with the, uh, with the children? Um, like, for example, the divorce cases where the kid is stuck in the middle um, with going back and forth between two homes. Mm-hmm. The problem I see is... The kid is usually with the mom more than he is with the dad. Okay. So the mom, and I'm not saying the parents are bad parents, but they lack certain things. So the mom will talk junk about the dad. And when the child goes to the father's house, the father talks junk about the mom. Okay. Okay. But the mom is doing everything she can to raise the child in the right way and basically not give them what they want. You know, they still have punishment, X, Y, Z. But when they go to the father's house, the dad lets them do whatever they want and get away with with whatever they want. So when the child returns home to mom, the mom can't deal with the child because the child won't listen to her. Yeah, so it's pretty much like the parents are not communicating with each other and they're not working together. Like It's like they're battling against each other. Right, and that's causing uh, depression, actually. If you you really want to get to the root of it, um, I dealt with another case with a kid. He was... I think 11 years old and he told his mommy now I can't take sides but after investigating everything I saw what was going on he told his mom he couldn't sleep so mm-hmm. his mom gave him an over-the-counter generic sleeping aid um, very non-harmful sleeping aid mm-hmm. well that wasn't working fast enough so he wanted to call his dad so the mom's like here call your dad baby he can talk you to sleep Mm-hmm. Well, the kid gets on the phone, he's talking to the dad, telling the dad that the mom gave him narcotics to go to sleep. Uh, she uh-huh. doesn't want to, you know, deal with me, X, Y, Z. Well, the mom had her wisdom teeth pulled the, the same day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, and she was still dealing with her child. Wow. So, the dad calls in a complaint about the mom giving the kid all these narcotics and everything. And he wants his kid out of the house. Now, in law enforcement, we can't remove a child from a house and give to another parent unless we have a court order. Mm-hmm. So I had to get there, and I ended up getting to the bottom of everything. I spoke to the dad. Dad didn't like what I had to say. Spoke with the mom, sent the mom back to bed, and I dealt with the child. Like, I told the child he needs to stop doing what he's doing or think about what he's doing before he does it because he's causing problems. He's also causing stress on himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in you're right. the future in the future I'm gonna see that kid more if you know what I mean mm-hmm. you know so just just stuff like that it, it's kind of it, it gets aggravating I'll be honest yeah, yeah and and, uh, and this leads to I know you also had another case that you wanted to talk about as well unless you want to still talk about this case because I understand it must it must be very frustrating because you're just seeing both sides just not 
agree with each other. And this is one of the things that like, like I, I've learned a lot in school is the, the, the importance of parents and how a parent's role can really shape up a whole child's impact on life and the way how he views life. And if you're seeing parents, again, just not working together and not communicating with each other, that's going to affect him and his relationships with friends, with family, with, with loved ones. It's going to affect him for the rest of his life. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I understand it's frustrating and I, and I understand it's frustrating, but uh, you also talked about your criminology. Uh, you're also studying criminology as well in school. Tell me a little bit about how that process is going. Uh, right now I'm taking math and I don't like math. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I wish algebra was not a needed subject because mm-hmm. yeah, it's pointless we need to reform education. I think right. algebra is pointless. It's something they say we use it every day. I don't see it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, as a cop, I use more geometry and measurement than I do algebra. Okay. You know, uh, so yeah, enough of that tangent. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, it's going good. And if I play my cards right and I pass all my classes this semester, I am slated to graduate at the end of this year. With, um, That's awesome. Yeah, I'll have an associate in criminal justice and an associate in general studies. And then I'll take both of those degrees and transfer them over to Nickel State University for another two years and get a bachelor's in criminal justice. That's awesome. Now, now, what are some things that like you've learned like with the criminal uh, criminal justice? So I like I like dealing with juveniles. Um, well, actually, it's a love hate relationship. Let's let's get that out of the way. Um, so when dealing with juveniles, because uh, right now that's the class that I'm taking, mm-hmm. uh, they are, especially today's generation, they are a different breed of people. Uh, they don't like to be told what to do half the time. Yeah. So we have to get on their level to get them to understand that their parents are there for a reason um, or, you know, they have to follow the rules until they turn 18. And then on the other side, we have to deal with the molestation cases or the child abuse cases or just an outright delinquent juvenile that doesn't want to listen runs away you know it's a whole slew of things we deal with so when you look at juvenile justice it's not just the the hurt juvenile or the victimized juvenile it's also that juvenile that doesn't listen and is delinquent and also commits crime so we have to look at all of that and take all of that into consideration when dealing with juveniles now, now, what do you think goes on, like, mentally? Like, what do you think personally goes on mentally with these kids that makes them want to act so violent and makes them want to commit crimes or makes them want to just start problems? Uh, what I see... and others. Josh, what I see the most is there's no two-parent homes. Um, I rarely, rarely, rarely see problems with a child from a two-parent home. The only way I'll see a problem with a child from a two-parent home is if both parents are on drugs. Okay. But when when you start divorce, when you start looking at divorce and you start looking at single-parent homes, you get those kids that they just have a mom, so they think mom is, you know, mom will, you know, she'll lay down the law, but I can probably get around it and not, you know, worry about the consequences. And f- for some, that's the case. They get mm-hmm. away with a lot. Um, and then you got some that they are from a single parent home so they want to look cool so they go and follow the kids that are bad at school and they get themselves in trouble you know so 
it's a lack of fatherly discipline from a single parent home and it's also a lack of discipline from a single parent home where the parents the mom or dad doesn't care and then you have the lack of discipline from the parents that are on drugs you know okay now um, no no you keep going you keep going okay so i had one incident um, and okay. i dealt with this i dealt with this case twice uh, i went and dealt with a juvenile um broken home uh, because the dad's not in the, uh, in the child's life but the stepdad is and you know stepdad you know gives a couple orders the son the stepson doesn't want to listen uh, they start yelling at each other mom shows up mom starts yelling and then I show up and mom doesn't want the stepdad to tell her child what to do and you know a whole fiasco so what I ended up doing was pulling the juvenile aside correcting him telling him he needs to respect his mom and his stepdad despite the fact that he doesn't like the stepdad mm-hmm. you know because you're living in his house under his roof and he's providing for you therefore you will respect him so I fixed that then I pull the mom aside and I speak to the mom I'm like look if you're gonna date this guy and this guy's been in your son's life for all these years he should have a right to help you correct your child yeah you know, it doesn't matter if he's a stepchild or not, and you don't want him correcting him. That's not how this works. Because if you're going to act as one in marriage, then you need to actually function as one, even though you're not married. And then I pull the stepdad aside, and I talk to him, and I, I give him some tips and correct him. And then I bring them together as one family and talk to all of them together. You know, so I was on this case for a while, but I accomplished my goal in doing that. Good. And then, of course, maybe I think it was like a year later, they had a problem again. And then I show up and I approach it differently, but the same concept. And I haven't heard any issues yet from the family again. So, but um, I went in there, I got to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem was the mom didn't want the stepdad to tell the child what to do. Therefore, the child thought he could disrespect the dad, the stepdad. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 And that's... And that's awesome on your part that that you're finding the root of the problem. And that that leads to like another thing, like we're mentally like whenever we like have arguments with people, whether that's a friend, a loved one, a teacher, coworker, there's always a root to the problem. And once you're able to understand and find that root to the problem, then the relationship becomes a lot better. And your point has just been proven. Mm -hmm. And uh Obviously, we all know uh, I'm also, besides mental health, I also talk about sports as well. If you just have a couple extra minutes, because you, you mm-hmm. gave great insight on, on a couple cases, and I'm re- I really appreciate your time here on Super Radio. It means a lot. Um, real quick, tell me your favorite football team and favorite basketball team real quick. Okay, the basketball team is up in the air because I used to like the Lakers, and uh, I like basketball in general, <laughs> so I can't really pick a team okay. <laughs> right now. Um, but my favorite football team and will always be my favorite football team will be the New Orleans Saints. Oh, now, now, obviously, obviously, <laughs> that was a tough way to end their season. How do you yeah. feel about the Saints' chances next year? And also, how do you feel about that, that blown call? Let's start with the blown call. Uh, we can't change <laughs> the pass, but I am extremely upset because that last play should have been a, a flag on the opposing team. And it was overlooked. But every time the Saints did something wrong, they got the flag thrown at. Favoritism. But anyway, I'm going to (laughs) digress from that. (laughs) So you know how I feel about that. Of Um, course. 
but I think I think the team has a really good shot next year. Um, I always say if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, if they play a good season, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And they did that this past season. And if they do it again next season, I'll be happy. I, I'm just a Saints fan. I love the Saints. But I think their chances are good because they were so close, mm-hmm. but they didn't. They didn't. They were there, but they couldn't grasp it. But I think this year, this upcoming season, I think they have a, a chance. Now, have you ever been to a Saints game? I have not, and I am working my way to get to one. <laughs> okay. Now, now, definitely, because I've, I've, I've always been very curious, because obviously I'm a diehard Eagles fan, and, and, that, and that stadium gets, like, rocking. And I, and I just wanted to hear, because I, I, actually, I actually interviewed someone that was a Packers fan, and he actually went to Lambeau Field, and he told me, like, that experience. So if you definitely go to New Orleans, definitely reach out. I'm definitely going to. Well, I can tell you about the LSU football team. I've been oh, to yeah, one of yeah. their games. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear that environment too, because I know down. I know down in Louisiana, football is like. <laughs> oh yeah, so obviously the stadium is an open stadium, um, unlike the dome. Uh, mm-hmm. So the the noise can travel outward more than the dome. The dome contains the stadium. You know, doesn't contain, if you will. But um, I actually went to my uh, my good friend Todd took me to the LSU uh, preseason game for my birthday, mm-hmm. and. You know, first time I'm an LSU fan, but you know I'm more of a Saints fan. But anyway, of course, you know, go go to the game. Um, I enjoy football. I was, I'm a band nerd, so obviously I enjoy football. And when I tell you, when that guy, I think his last name was McGee, jumped up and caught the football with one hand, <laughs> and you know landed on both of his feet and ran a complete touchdown untouched. I thought my. <laughs> When I walked out of the stadium at the end of the game, I thought my eardrums were bleeding. Wow. <laughs> that is yeah. insane. Powerful. <laughs> Powerful. But again, uh, but uh, real quick, last question, and then uh, we'll wrap everything up. You, you said that you love to watch basketball. Who is your MVP this year in the NBA? Kobe. <laughs> yeah, Kobe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He... He's got some things he needs to work on uh, as far as (laughs) attitude-wise, but um, he, by far, is one of the best players in in the NBA, in my personal opinion. Okay. Who would be yours? Uh, My MVP uh, for for this season – uh, that's tough because Giannis has been has been balling. Yeah, he has. Harden's been balling. Harden's uh, averaging like thirty six a night. Mm-hmm. And the Rockets, I know they just lost to the Warriors last night, but they've won nine of their last ten. And and then obviously you have like the other guys. You have um, Embiid. KD's always in the mix. Um, like I, I would probably go right now. I would probably, I would probably go Giannis only because James Harden has won an MVP, and I feel like like the Bucks are the first team. Like they're the, they have the best record in all of the league, and okay. Giannis is averaging twenty seven, over ten rebounds and six assists. So I, I would go with Giannis. Okay, I'm not gonna deny you on that one. I'm not gonna fuss with you on that one because yeah. he's, he's good. <laughs> but, so. Um, but, but, yeah, thank you, Brandon, again, for coming out real quick. Before we wrap this up, give your show another shout-out real quick. Talk about your show and talk about uh, what you do real quick. And then once you're done that, I always have my guests on the show give me their swoop um, impersonation. 
So give me a swoop and also talk about your show and then oh, end the phone call. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll do the, I'll do my stuff first. Okay. So again, I am the host for the ear podcast. That's E.A.R, which stands for evangelical and reform. And over at my podcast, we talk about um, various uh, Christian topics. And right now we're doing a season on prayer. And today at nine o'clock, uh, 9 o'clock a.m. Central Time, we just posted our newest episode, Pray Like This, with my co-host, Brian Rhodes. So you guys go check that out. And please, subscribe to my podcast as well. Now for my swoop impersonation. Uh, <laughs> uh, was that good? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was good. I, I loved it. <laughs> but, All right. But again, again, thank you for coming out. And again, anytime, if you want me to come on your show as well, I'm, I'm also... Like I, I'm a I'm a Catholic as well, so I, I can give you like my little my my firsthand experience with that as well. But um, we don't we don't discriminate. Of course, I, 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 I trust trust me. I know Catholics. We've had a very bad rap, especially in our history. Oh my goodness! Like you want to talk about scandals and all that stuff? <laughs> I, no. Like, I'm taking, yeah, I, trust me. I know I'm not one of those Catholics that's like, oh, it's not true. Like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I know there's a bunch of scandals and stuff, and it really questions a lot about our religion as a whole. Like, a lot of Catholics are st- have stopped being Catholics because of what's going on. Yeah, and that, and that's the that's the point. Well, I'm not trying to convert people. If people yeah. are converted through my podcast, so be it. Um, but my podcast is to talk about those theological questions that mm-hmm. are often not answered in the church as a whole, not just the Catholic church, but the church as a whole. You're right. You know? I'm Presbyterian, and one thing about Presbyterians is, you know, we we hold education to a very high level, mm-hmm. and on top of that, we hold the scripture to an even higher level. Therefore, we, we like to teach people what the scriptures mean mm-hmm. and what these questions actually mean. So that's the purpose of my podcast. It's not to, you know, it's not meant to convert, but if it does, praise God. Um, mm-hmm. It's not meant to put down other denominations, although I am strongly against one particular denomination of people, um, but that's a different story. But overall, you know, yeah, if you're Catholic and you have questions about something that, you know, maybe the Presbyterian can answer, yeah, hit me up. I'm willing to do that for you. All right. But again, this is Brandon. Um, I hope you have a great day. Be safe out there and get some sleep. <laughs> Yeah, probably after I eat. (laughs) All right, Brandon, have a good one. All right, man, thanks.